Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Well, hello. Today, we are going to be talking about something that has come up in a few conversations, and we thought it was really worth taking some time to expand on it, mainly because it's so key to what we do, but also because it feels really relevant to what a lot of people are going through at the moment. So it all sounds very like, oh, what is she talking about? So basically today we are going to discuss what the work is. Now, just to give you a little bit of context, we were having a chat last week and we were saying, you know, something about the work, the work. The work. And basically we were both using this phrase, like backwards and forwards, and we were both talking about it. And we suddenly sort of like kind of stopped and looked at each other and just went, so what is the work? You know, I mean, we know what the work is, but it's just really interesting when you suddenly like look at that phrase and how many people use it as a term to describe what they're doing or what they want to be doing. And we just thought it'd be really interesting to like, like just delve into that and, and have a bit of a chat about what the work, and you can't see me, but I'm doing like air hyphen things, the work actually is. So Erin, as you know, I love to throw you under the bus. So let's start straight away. What is the work, my friend? <laughs> Anything that you tell me to do. Um, <laughs> she got the memo. Yeah, yeah, memo received. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting because we do talk about the work a lot. I certainly know that I tend to use that a lot more myself when I guess since starting to engage with people one-to-one around what I do. I tend to use the work a lot as a term um, and I will also use air quotes to determine what that looks like. But I think for me, um, the work is a really broad descriptor that I use to describe anything that doesn't fit a particular category. So it kind of encompasses a whole pile of different things. And, you know, for a long, long time, I have struggled to really define um, or f- find language to describe what I do. And the work has always kind of been the go-to as a descriptor because it, it's something that people go, oh, okay, I know that it's something I have to put energy into. 
and mm-hmm. you know it's something that I have to engage with it's not just something that I can consume I actually have to engage with it on an energetic level or on an intellectual level or whatever and so I think that's part of it is just that it's an all-encompassing term that is really easy for us to use so that we don't have to find the language that we're not sure of or the language that will resonate with the person we're talking to so is that kind of how you've been using it or yeah I think it is how I've been using it it's kind of that term to as you say kind of all encompass the sort of personal growth I suppose it's like it's doing the work it's doing the work on myself but it just got me thinking like when we started to use that term actually if you're very new to this sort of stuff that could potentially be really like could make you feel really awkward like what if you didn't know what that actually means? What what does the work mean? And I think it probably means different things to different people. But you know that that really awkward situation when you're in you're having a conversation with you know like proper grown ups or people who you feel are really sort of like very knowledgeable and wise, and they'll use a term and you're like, oh fuck, I've got no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like it just got me to thinking. Like I would hate for people to be you know sitting out there being like, oh my god, people use this term in the work. I don't even know what the fuck it means. So I just wanted, I just think it's so important that we actually kind of break that down a little bit and make it clear that it is just a term to describe that personal growth, I guess. Well, certainly the way we use it, it's that something that you've got to kind of put some energy into, as you said. You look like you're about to say something. So I do. I'm just... I am about to say, look, everybody can see that I look like I'm going to say yeah. something. Um, what came up for me then was, do you use the work air quotes included, to describe what you do for yourself in the same way that you use it to describe what you do with others? That is a great question. Do I use the air quotes first of all? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, shut up Um, and answer the question. Do I do do the work? Probably not, actually. I probably use it more as a description about how, like, the work that I do with others. If I'm talking about what I do – I'm more comfortable using personal growth, personal development, spiritual awakening, because I guess that's personal to me. But I suppose the benefit of using the term the work is that it is the person who's listening can use it to describe what it is right for them. So for me, it was very much that that personal growth and spiritual awakening, whereas for you, it's probably more spiritual awakening was the first piece. And then that that growth stuff is has come underneath it. Would that be fair? So I think we have these different words to describe probably very similar outcomes, but actually where we enter it from can be slightly different. So using the sort of generic term, the work, allows everybody to feel a part of it. Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, I think there's elements of that for sure. I mean, I do think... That means it's I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. That means you were partly right. Um, <laughs> no, I think... For me, when I talk about doing the work, I think I use it for myself much more than you do for yourself. So that was part of why I was asking the question, I think, is because I think that some of us are very comfortable with what the work looks like for ourselves. Mm. I think others of us, myself included at times, are less comfortable with what that looks like or are less comfortable with describing that in a way that feels comfortable. Mm. So I think it's a linguistic issue first and foremost. I don't think we necessarily have the vocabulary to describe what it is that like motivates us to do something. 
um, and what that something is. So it's interesting that you think the spiritual stuff came for me first because probably it actually didn't. I think mm, um, okay. I think I had done like I'd worked with a coach and done some work around some of my beliefs and things before I really dived into spirituality mm. in any meaningful way. Um, so you know I was doing the work, if you like, mm. beforehand. Uh, but the work has changed shape. Yeah. Um, my motivation for doing the work has changed. And so I'm not sure that my language and my vocabulary have kept up with that shift. Hmm. Well, I was just actually going to say, I think that's really interesting because if I think back to sort of the 10, 11 years that I've been, you know, sort of on my personal growth, spiritual journey, whatever you want to call it, I think the accessibility and the like the ease that other people are starting to understand it has changed dramatically. You know, when I think back to, you know, so what would that have been about 2010, 2011, when I really started doing it, you know, you you didn't find a lot of the books that you would find, you know, front and center in a bookshop, even in those bookshops, you had to find the quirky little one down the corner with, you know, a dream catcher in the window so that you would know that you could sort of go in there and probably find somebody who was at least 497 sort of smoking a pipe to allow you to, you know, to actually find the books that you wanted to. It still felt, it still felt very underground. And so I, I do think that there's almost, as you say, this, this need to kind of catch up and make it more accessible. I mean, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot is sort of the normalizing of spirituality. And I think it is starting to happen, but there is, there's still a lot of preconceived ideas around, you know, even the word awakening. I mean, it can sound really fluffy and really like you have to go somewhere and sit on a cushion and, you know, on for many, many days. Whereas it's so much like, it's so much more than that. And it's almost so much less than that. Like spirituality is sort of created into this great you know almost like it was a secret club that you had to that you could get into and only once you were in the club would you have you know you would be able to really enjoy all the spoils and I think now it's that realization that we're not actually trying to go anywhere or get into anything it's actually just coming back to ourself and our truth and I think that's been a shift across a whole load of spirituality genres I suppose in many ways that there was a lot of ex looking for the external you know support to to grow and I think slowly the shift has been you know actually coming the focus has been coming back inwards so that the work is kind of our way of of describing something that we actually don't quite know what the words are because the old words don't quite fit the new concepts yeah I mean I definitely think there's there's aspects of truth in that I do think that there is a need to catch up, if you like. I think that the concepts have probably moved faster than the language that accompanies them. I think as well, there is almost a need to acknowledge that on the flip side, we're somewhat holding back the development mm -hmm. of that language by continuing to describe it as the work. Yeah, And that's something that I wanted to ask you as you were talking then is, you know, do you think that by continuing to use the work as an all-encompassing thing, like, is that something that you think we do to protect ourselves or to, I guess, make it a little bit more acceptable in the eyes of others? Or or is that something where we just genuinely don't have access to the, the right language to describe it? I think it's a mix of all three. I think you've, you've summarized that really nicely. I think the language piece is 
is very is a big part of it. I don't think we have the language to describe what we're doing. There hasn't been a, you know, an equivalent Brexit word or, you know, whatever, all the other, you know, made up words that, that we have all the time. That's sort of a dictionary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We haven't got those words there yet. But at the same time, I think you're right. I think because it has become more acceptable to, you know, be more spiritual, to, you know, embrace witchy rituals, to talk to dead people, all of that stuff has become much more normalized, but it's still not normal. So there is definitely until you know that the person you're talking to is kind of on that same wavelength. And by using sort of the generic terms, the work, it allows you to kind of feel your way forward as to whether or not that resonates, because generally people who are doing it will know that it means that sort of growth and that spiritual development and that that awakening. So if you use that term, you can kind of, you know, test it out. And if people are just like, hmm, well, I don't know what the hell she's talking about, you know, kind of not to go any further um, if you don't want to have, you know, the complete conversation with someone who's like, what? Um, but actually, if someone starts to resonate with that, you can go deeper. And then I think you can start to find that that language to discuss it. But I, I do think it is a way of almost protecting oneself from being openly, you know, I'm I'm completely out of my spiritual closet and, you know, take me whistles and all um but also that way to kind of almost find your kin you find your tribe yeah. it's you know it's that sort of like special handshake in a way it's a term that can be used that the people who get it get it and people who don't will just like go past them you asked me the question but what are your thoughts on it I think there's yeah definitely an element of truth in what you were saying there I think when I like I'm only that... getting elements of truth by the way <laughs> <laughs> at some stage well, there mean, will be a truth in this <laughs> no 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 there's elements of truth because my truth is not the same as yours um no. that's perfectly okay never be. <laughs> yeah indeed I, I find it really interesting because to me it's when we use the work as an all-encompassing kind of a, a word it's almost like it's creating a category that is much, much broader and more widely acceptable than we might otherwise engage with. And what's interesting for me is like, I'm not a huge person about like when it comes to labels, like we have this conversation often in our household about labeling ourselves in a particular way. So, you know, obviously I'm married to a woman. So people automatically assume that because I'm married to a woman, I'm a lesbian. I don't, mm -hmm use that term and I don't have a particular term that I use if I'm honest I'm just me I think it's really interesting that in a world where we are constantly seeking labels in this particular space we are perfectly okay with not having them mm. like I think that speaks to what the work is mm. in a big way because it's a shift away from that um, masculine human need to put everything in a box and say these are the parameters that that thing can have and it shifts us completely the other way into that feminine spiritual space where the energy of it is it's free-flowing and you can create what you want to create inside that space and all of it is acceptable and mm -hmm. you can shift and move freely but yet it's still, sorry, just to jump in, it still creates a space that you can be accepted, that mm. you can belong. You can yeah. still belong to this space, but it's kind of like it's a more expanded space than 
what we've been used to we have like you say every you know it's wife lesbian um mother worker you know see like we're so used to being yeah. put into you know defining ourselves by those titles that I think you're absolutely right and I love what you've just said there that we actually this provides us with the expansion to be who the hell we want to be mm. but in a space that that's completely acceptable and you can find yeah. other people who are there as well and it's just yeah, it feels like this great opportunity to rewrite the rule book a little bit that rather than yeah. having to just be like one thing, you can be whatever the hell you want. And how cool is that? Yeah. I mean, like we talk about living at the intersection of humanness and spirituality or spiritual being. And I think that's what where the work sits. It's like it strips enough of the humanness out of us that we can exist in a more free flowing state, but it's still brings enough of the humanness in that we can engage with the work in a human way um, I feel like we belong which is a very human yeah like need. it still meets like our a, human needs right it's it's yeah it's a, a really good balance I think and I think that's why there hasn't been I guess the push or the motivation to actually find a different way of describing it I think mm. people like as much as we've had conversations with others as well about what the work actually means, um, I don't think any of us are particularly motivated to find a different way of describing it. And I don't think it matters either. I think that's like the other thing. Do you know, like we've right. talked about this at length before, and I'm sure we'll, we'll probably do a podcast about it. But when you think about religion, and this isn't a religious bashing or anything like that, but it's a very prescribed way of doing something. You know, there's, there's a book with the rules and you follow it. And that's kind of, and there's a few, you know, editions of the, those rules, but generally it's quite linear. It's quite a rigid set of constraints that, that you, you live by. And that's completely fine. What we're finding now with the sort of spirituality, again, it used to kind of be like all these channels, like you had to, you know, you were either, you know, pagan or you were this or you were that or you have angels or you, you're, you know, that you had to kind of pick a lane. Whereas mm. now I think what's so wonderful, and it's certainly, um, I was reading a book the other day about your path to which witch you are. And, you know, it's got, you could be a kitchen witch, a green witch, an elemental witch, a cosmic witch, or an eclectic witch. And I was like, bang, that is me, to a T, eclectic. I am picking out all the bits that resonate with me. And some of that is the elemental stuff like that. Just, I read it and I'm like, oh, that lights my soul up. There's a bit of astrology that, oh yeah, that's, then there's the herbs and the plants. I don't want to just be in one of those boxes. I want to be able to experience everything. And I think we're allowed to do that so much more now. And there's so much more accessibility to all of these different concepts and people are willing to share their messages and to allow people to, you know, have a foot in, you know, I can be in Kyle Gray's angel camp and I can be in Rebecca Campbell's, you know, whatever it is that she does you know I'm getting all over excited if you can see me my hands are going nuts or I can be in Lisa Lister's witch category you know I can pick all of the bits that I want that make me my category mm. and I think that's where the work allows us to do that we're allowed to pick and choose the elements that suit us rather than having to be like oh okay well I'm going to be in that that's my lane and I'm going to stay in it it's like yeah. screw that I'm just going in the whole pool and I'm going to zigzag up and down back to front splashing everywhere it's going to be chaos but we're going to have so much more fun and yeah. get so much more connection out of it any truth in that <laughs> <laughs> well that is your truth and I love it, um, it I think for me the concept of having that freedom of movement of being able to shift and change and engage with whatever aspects of spirituality or self coming forward for us in any given moment is a really beautiful reflection of the fact that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. My personal view is that 
some of those things that we're attracted to are engaging with a remembrance of something that we've done in a past life. Other times we're engaging with something that is completely new to us, but it's necessary for us to grow and learn and expand in the space that we are here for in this lifetime. I think there's a whole pile of, you know, sometimes it serves us in a completely outside of ourselves way. You know, like I wouldn't necessarily have engaged with particular aspects of spirituality without certain people in my life. And actually the biggest thing I got from that thing was that person and the connection I have with them rather than the actual content of the work. And so I think really it's about, accepting that we are as spiritual beings we are here to grow and to expand and to learn and all of those amazing beautiful um you know expensive energetic things but we're also here to remember and to call forward those rememberings and to call forward the wisdom that we have access to that we have otherwise held shut and closed Mm. within us it's an opportunity to share that wisdom and engage with the world in a different way and to provide things to the world that only we can contribute. And I think that's the beautiful thing about what we came together for in the first place, right? Like that's kind of how we came together was that we just both recognized that actually we have access to a lot of things within ourselves that we want to share with the world, that we can contribute in a meaningful way and help others And that's what motivates us to do what we do. Um, And I think the work is part of the vehicle for doing that. Do you think the word work is nod to the current patriarchal masculine constructs that we live in? Um, And that makes it feel more acceptable that it has more value if it's classed as work? Or like, where do you think like the fact that we use that particular word I think is quite interesting what are your thoughts I mean I it's possible that that's part of it um I think from my perspective when we talk about work as a general construct there's a specific outcome for that there's a really tangible outcome from work whether Mm -hmm. it's money whether it's um you know a building or um something that you've constructed or, or whatever there is a tangible outcome play is much less tangible and valued in society yeah valued like, in society differently absolutely as it's set up at the moment like one yes. could argue that play is actually much more valuable and much more important to the way that we show up in the world but absolutely. actually in the society that we live in it's not valued work yeah. is valued so yeah i think yeah so. I, I think that's why we use the term that we use is because there is a tangible outcome for us around that. Mm -hmm. Equally, we could use play because there's also intangible outcomes. There's emotional, um, energetic, experiential kind of outcomes that can't be seen or can't be measured in any meaningful way. Um, They're just there, a little bit like happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. You can't measure happiness. You're happy or you're not, Mm. right? Um, well, I think and, you can be happy on a on a sliding scale. Well, you know, maybe, but is there a need to measure it? And if you do, how, what is the meaningful measure? Like, mm. is there a point where suddenly you're not happy anymore? Yeah. Like, or happy enough? Like, there's no value around that. 
it's just you know you're happy or you're not happy and that's the important information to take I think with this that's part of why we use work is because as we go through it as we navigate the self-development the personal growth the unpacking the healing the expansion and all of that stuff what we're doing is we're actually creating something tangible that our spiritual being will carry forward it's I think a that's platform like, yeah I think I really hear what you're saying about that tangible outcome I do still feel that the word work is used because it's seen as more acceptable in society. Well, of course um, you do, but I mean, that's yeah. why you're tearing down the patriarchy, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. Somebody's got to. Yeah. Um, but, I, but you know, I think that's, yeah, I just think it's a really, it's a really interesting conversation to be having. And actually, I don't know what, I don't know what other word you, you would use, but I think that that need for it to, to feel like there is an outcome that is, that you can hold whereas actually if you really think about like the outcomes of you know that personal growth they're they actually are more intangible they're much more you know about happiness and um, acceptance and all of the things that are much harder to actually put a label on or a value on like it doesn't necessarily feel like the right word but I don't know what the other what I don't know what other word could possibly be used and if it allows people to actually create that space to do the work then awesome but there's also that you know work often means can feel hard and can feel challenging and and it's something that you know if we think about the beliefs that we have around what you know having to work hard it's like is that creating some sort of barrier to to doing it like are we expecting this spiritual growth and the growth the personal development to be hard and by calling it the work is it feeding that or is it not again I don't know where my point of view sits on this I just think it's an interesting discussion to to kind of start to when you start to unpick what a word actually means and how can we make sure that people who hear the phrase who don't necessarily know what it is don't get completely turned off think oh fuck the work that sounds really hard and not very fun and something that I'm meant to be paid for you want me to do this like for free (laughs) it's interesting that you say that because um you know we've had several conversations recently about cost and investment um yeah and and that kind of thing and I think that plays a part too part of the work is actually recognizing that now spirituality is a, a a business it is a, a business that generates billions of dollars. Um, mm. And so, you know, I, I think in part, the more that we, the more that spirituality becomes mainstream and that has been done through monetization, it has been done through, um, you know, those capitalist structures that we have that require a, a financial investment in order to engage with um, the content. Essentially, we have made it work. Mm right? Because someone is working to provide that to us for us to engage with. We then have to put the work in to get the result. And so I I think, um, I think that plays a part in it too. I think sometimes it's a little bit less patriarchal and a little bit more capitalist um, Mm. that, that which are very similar. They are very similar. (laughs) And we're not going down that there rabbit hole right now. Um, but you understand what I'm saying, though. Like, I think the fact that in order to have access to those things, you now have to pay mm-hmm. um, to engage in healing work. Like, it's not, yes, it's become more accessible, but it's become more accessible because people are willing to pay for it and because people and, charge for it. 
and because it's becoming more valuable like people are actually seeing the value in doing the work doing this growth doing this personal um development allowing the spiritual awakening to happen people actually seeing what happens and what changes in their life when they do it like they're actually feeling better they're you know that they're able to be able to stand in who they really are and not worry so much about what other people are thinking they're able to be more confident they're able to be courageous around stuff that that matters and not fear what you know bob down the road's going to think or what your mother's going to say if you bring this up over didn't like people are starting to really understand the value in doing it Mm. so it makes sense that it's I wonder if the reason they see value in it is because they've paid for it. Like, I wonder if that construct underlies that concept of value. Yes, there's a shift, right? Yes, there's a shift. And it's a big topic. I know that. Like, I wonder if Bob down the road maybe doesn't quite have the same judgment on it because it's something you've paid to do. And, Mm. you know, and whether that's part of that shift is actually that monetization of it business of being a spiritual being has made it more mainstream has made it more valuable because you're paying for it and because that's a language that humans understand exploded (laughs) (laughs) and on that note we've gone very far from the work as a as a conversation but I really value the way that you come to this conversation with the various viewpoints because I, I don't think there is one answer And I don't think there is one, I mean, if we want to consider it a problem that the work is an all-encompassing term, I don't think there's one solution to it. I think that everybody will come at it from a slightly different angle. The beautiful thing about it for me is that, you know, having conversations like this with you allows me to come at it with a place of desire for further understanding and acceptance and compassion and empathy and all of those, you know, beautiful high vibe kind of feelings where I'm, I want to know your point of view and I want to test my own truth in it. Mm. And that's really, I think, the essence of the work, right? And is that we come to it and test our own truth amongst the yeah. truth of others. So one final question to finish off, because I know that we have many words and we could do this for a long time. So if somebody is sitting there listening to this podcast who has heard the phrase, the work, you know, mentioned by friends or um, family or colleagues or read about it or heard us obviously using the term many, many times today, and they feel a bit awkward about not knowing exactly what it is, what would your advice be to them? My advice would be to look at it as though if your life was a building that you were constructing, the work is the construction of that house. So the work is taking the tools, it's taking the materials, it's putting the love and the energy and the wisdom and all of that together to create end outcome, to create Mm -hmm. the version of your house or your life that you want to have. I think the reason that we call it the work is because it does require energy output. Mm -hmm. It does require us to engage with it in a way that we have to go back to it time and time again. It is a daily practice, Mm. right? It is something that requires us to give of ourselves, knowing that there is an outcome at the end that will serve us. And it's also about really being prepared to shift and change as it comes along. When you're building a house, you're never quite sure 
when what day the roof is going to go on or you know whether you need to shift a wall because suddenly the wiring's in the wrong place or you know there's always the opportunity for it to look slightly different to what you thought and so for me that's how I describe the work to someone who doesn't necessarily have experience in it you get to create what this human life looks like for you we have a number of spiritual practices and connections and tools and and things that we can use to to create that and so it's about engaging in that in a more open a more willing and Mm -hmm. I think it's just about being open to allowing that to come forward in whatever form it is and not necessarily being stuck on how it looks but engaging with it knowing that the end outcome will be for our highest good and I think that's the key whatever it's supposed to be at the end it will be there if we keep moving forward yeah nice I think from my perspective I think it's actually don't worry about asking people who are doing the work what that looks like or what that feels like for them the only way that you'll be able to grow is if you're willing to you know ask the uncomfortable questions put yourself in a space that does feel a little bit awkward but know that all people who are doing the work are doing it because they want to be a better version of themselves and being a better version of yourself always means supporting and helping others where possible so don't be afraid to ask like you know reach out if anything that we've said today has like sparked an interest please reach out we love having these conversations and we would be more than willing to share you know our our truth on it and this is the beauty of the conversations we have it's you've heard my truth and you've heard Aaron's truth and they are different and that's the joy of of having the two of us because we get to uh we get to bounce off each other and work out what exactly our truth looks like but I think we'll wrap up there for today because we've got many other things to record and talk about to be perfectly honest so yeah thank you so much for listening we would love to get some feedback and hope you have enjoyed it so many thanks from us and farewell yeah thank you bye you've been listening to she is wise with ellie bell and erin hodson if you've enjoyed this conversation please remember to subscribe so you can join us next time and if you haven't already please consider leaving us a review or sharing this podcast with your friends Thanks so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next episode.